Perez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to a Burkout Wonderland, an Arsenal podcast. And in the week in which the great man himself celebrated his birthday, 54, I think, I believe. And wow, we wouldn't be here without him. And talking about people we wouldn't be here without, I best introduce some people that we'll be talking nonsense with. Um, I'll start with Danny. Danny, say hello. Hello. Who's 54? I don't think. Dennis. Dennis? Of course he is. It's not Edu Wonderland, is it? <laughs> no, that, that would be that would be a very uh, dodgy. Actually, he might he might uh, stop barbecuing and come on if if it was an Edu Wonderland. <laughs> he might do. Oh, yeah. How are you, Dream? I I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I managed to avoid the massacre at the Amex uh, on on Monday, and very happy to uh, to watch Arsenal this weekend. So, what can I say? Um, yeah, not doing too badly. Thank you. Ellis is also with us. Um, it seems like it's a FIFA Pro Clubs pod, doesn't it, Ellis? Except none of us have played FIFA in the past X years. I don't even own FIFA this year. That's how bad. My Xbox actually hasn't come out of the box since I moved, which is very sad. I need to get back on it next year. Oh, it's not going to be FIFA next year, is it? It's... um. EASE or something along those lines. Oh, I don't know. I haven't got it this year either. I'm still playing 22. <laughs> Are you really good at it though? Uh, no. No. Terrible. <laughs> we'll put it this way. If anybody uh, sees what I'm playing at the moment, you'll realise I'm not very good at FIFA. How many red I'm playing Valheim. Thanks for asking. I was playing. I'm playing Valheim as well. Oh, do shut up. Don't yeah. tease me. I'm playing we- Valheim. We could be Valheim friends. I'm on day 675 and I've got oh. I'm a monster. Oh, blimey. I don't even know what Valheim is. And I cheat. I kind of cheat as well. So I well, don't have to worry about transporting metals. But we're not here to talk oh. about that. Let's let's play a game yes. together sometime. Yes. No, uh, I do want to know your secret for moving metals, though. And I'm sure people in the chat will also want to know that. If you, you, do, you do, don't say anything. And if you don't, give us a thumbs up. Uh, that'll trick them there we go need some more engagement on this podcast I've been here and it's in the gutter um, <laughs> right we'd better talk about Arsenal um, Danny let's talk yes. about the Newcastle game so we know, went up to Geordie's uh, although they don't speak like that up there um, we came away with uh, a win three points but Let's talk through the game a little bit. How did you feel after after the full-time whistle was blown? I was amazed at how easy that was. I expected to go there and and because we don't like it up them, and they don't like it up them. And after the way they played against us at uh, the, the, the Emirates, you um oh pardon me, 
blame Pepsi for that. Yeah, I really thought it'd be a much harder game than it was, but it seems to be. I've I've had this uh, theory all season. Well, it's not really a theory; it's a fact. Arteta tactically is improving, not game by game, but month on month. And and I think that was another ver- of him changing his mind. Now, before he'd have been stubborn and he'd have carried on playing beholding maybe six, eight months ago. And he's gone, no, Kivior, apparently Kivior wasn't in the team more often because he, he straight didn't speak a word of English. And then he's, he's learned some English and then he's come straight in and he's had, I think, a, a couple of decent, really decent games. He actually got a higher rating than uh, Gabriel Megalix, as, uh, as Stan likes to call him. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, to go to go there and win two 0 for a team that's only lost one game all season, and that was to Liverpool. And I think I had to look at there was some stat that that Newcastle have lost three home games in the last thirty, twice to Liverpool, once to us. And that that is, I wasn't expecting anything. I, I mean, if I would have got a draw, I'd have gone. Well, that's bloody good. Season's over. But to get a win, it keeps us on our toes, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, Ellis, it certainly wasn't through. Uh... Yeah, the referee certainly didn't help us in that game, uh, should we say. Um, how did you feel that it was kind of refereed? Did you feel like our players were potentially not protected as much as they should have been? Um, I don't know. I feel like Newcastle have this sort of aura of a young, up-and-coming team that hasn't been backed by loads of oil money, got a lot of English players, so I feel like they they get away with a lot. <clears throat> but God knows how Bruno Gomez didn't get yellow in that game oh, in the first half alone. Bastard. I think he pushed over. But I've not even attempted to play the ball. Just literally pushed over. I think it might have been Odegaard. It might have been Jacker. It might have been both of them. I don't know. He pushed two people over in the first half. Nothing. And the amount of, what should we say, hard tackles, leaving one in on players, the, the um, char elbow to Jesus and I think someone else may have received an elbow the Dan Byrne elbow and someone yeah I just, I, it wasn't refereed <laughs> I, it's one of those games where there was definitely a home blower so the referee was definitely succumbing to the, <clears throat> to the Newcastle fans to St James's Park the handball as well was it Bournemouth when we had about four potential handball calls at least half of those were more of a handball than um, the Kiwa one and even then, he gave it straight away and it had to go to VAR. And, and luckily for us, VAR overturned it. Again, Alan Shearer, if you saw his tweet um, or his comments to, um, I can't remember who it is, one of the ex-referees. Is it Dermot again, the guy who's always on Sky Sports? Yes. He was uh, questioning him, saying, oh, is that clear and obvious? And it's like, <laughs> well, in the rules, if it hits your leg and then hits your hand, it's not a handball. So I guess, I mean, how much more clear and obvious do you need to be? That's in the rules. He adhered to the rules. VAR intervened and got the correct decision, which, again, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't even intervene when it should intervene. But, yeah, I, I think we're very lucky that, well, we found out now that Zinchenko is actually injured, but we're very lucky that no one else got injured in that game from the from the challenges the Newcastle players were putting on. And the cheek that they had to even um, we'll go on to it, complain about uh, time-wasting as well was something else. I thought when, when Newcastle got bought, I've always sort of liked Newcastle. I didn't mind them. They were always protesting and over being a bit shit. Um, Mike Ashley being a bit of a, a dirty bugger and not putting any money into the club and just running it into the ground. But I've never really met an unlikable Geordie fan or a Newcastle fan. Geordies are always quite friendly, happy-go-lucky people. So I always had a little soft spot for them. And when they got 
taken her was like, I'm going to try and hate this team now. But after watching that performance and, and also the performance against us at the Emirates where they decided they were going to time waste and just play out a nil-nil draw, um, I firmly started to dislike them. I think they'll be up there. It's, it's, well, when they start to get even better, they'll be more dislikable. But yeah, they're, they're not a very likable team at the moment, not for me anyway. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree as well. Oh, Phil, that's a rude message. How dare you? Ellis and Ellis. I are the same age. Ellis is the best-looking one on the pod, Phil. Ridiculous. Phil, I'd put a little private message in the group saying that you may have looked a bit like a chubby Richard Keys. <laughs> I feel like I have to come clean. <laughs> sorry if I upset you. Oh, You're going to come oh. out and get banging on your walls. So you know it's going to be. <laughs> right. I reckon he did your plastering. <laughs> right um let's yeah so i think in terms of refereeing decisions didn't necessarily go away but let's talk about the good things in the uh good things that happened in the game danny martin odegaard another goal was that now level with um ooh, which one is it uh, old pinky uh uh Man City for most goals from a midfielder in a single season. That is, I've seen that. I'm thinking goals. back, but they're going. I know you put in our in our WhatsApp. You put yeah, midfielder. And was it a question? Or oh, you put midfielder yeah. in quote marks, didn't you? Mm. So I think there is there is a point on whether you wouldn't have called Dennis Bergkamp a midfielder, and it's, it is quite generous to call him a midfielder because he's, he very rarely is in actual midfield. If you divide the pitch up into thirds, which is or, or quarters actually. Uh, I suppose quarters would be the best bit. Then he plays in the third quarter, uh, up towards the, up towards the half, as we all know. Just absolutely stunning. It's wonderful, and um, he is he's twenty four years old, and he is ours. And I was saying to Stan, um, who's in the chat, I understand that uh, normally we'd be worried about a player like him leaving the club, going to Real Madrid or Barcelona or any of those clubs. But he's really been there. He's really been there, and he's he's been dealt a low blow, and he's gone. Well, I'm off then, and I'm going to go and play somewhere else. I'm just imagine it. He could be. He could be as famous and as good, maybe, as as the holy man Burkamp himself. Maybe, maybe not as good, but he's heading there. The goals that he scores, you see, people wet the bed when they say, "Oh, look at De Bruyne. He's he's managed like the one he scored against Real Madrid." Oh, look, Odegaard's been doing that all season. He did two in one game recently, but because he plays for Arsenal, they're not going to get down on their knees and and worship at his feet and kiss his feet and have little gold statues of him everywhere, are they? They're not going to do that because he plays for Arsenal and he plays yeah. for Norway. And, uh, well, again, he plays for Belgium, doesn't he? Uh, I know which one I'd rather be. Yeah. But he doesn't get enough credit for it. And, and Arteta doesn't get enough credit. And look, what's, what's De Bruyne, 31? Mm. He's, he's seven years older than Erdegaard. And Erdegaard already banging this in week in, week out. And he's, he's consistent all season. And I just got the thing up to see how many goals that, that Erdegaard has got. Of course, it's not I was going to say as well, um, talking about Dennis Burkamp, you know how old he was when he joined Arsenal? Was he about 26? 26. 26. So was Odegaard's got a way to go. Because uh, certainly. 15 goals and eight legacy. assists this season. Absolutely. Because uh, Burkamp was never a, a real massive goal scorer, was he? No. No, I don't think so. Obviously, uh, in the week we beat Newcastle and uh, he had his birthday, we got to see, I think, the two Newcastle goals. Because I think there's the the one we all remember, but then there's also the uh, the, the whole reason, or the whole shape of his statue. That happens against Newcastle as well. And he meant so, it. Yeah. 
meant every last touch did that man uh, uh rudy has just put in the chat oh he's danny's closed it now uh he's talking to i don't know who charles Chilon is hello charles you think oh maybe uh so ellis bringing in the crowds from norwich that's what it is uh so it's close between saka and odegaard and i would also vote for odia the player of the season mm. yeah fans player of the season i think that's a question that will come in the awards are we doing an awards this year danny yeah didn't do one last season because uh i'd, I'd win it much you probably would much for the same reason i didn't watch the last episode of all or nothing all right we all had the hump last season this one oh we're gonna do one with bells on oh absolutely uh i think we'll do you know best best team to win the title or worst team to win the title do that um best best ginger member of abw i think i can I can take that home again um as long as i don't win best sausage muncher look at that beast oh picking blanket nom 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 oh it's a tiny little sausage that one uh phil mackers being... say that and you're definitely not gonna be the last <laughs> no <laughs> phil mackers being contrary for a change with uh ben white being his player of the season uh um, i think he's got to be one of our forward players as much as i like uh old benny blanco it's it's got to be one of the forwards and i think talking about one of the forwards jesus coming back into the side i suppose we should mention the forehand uh, or forearm smash he received only then because we can talk about the Schadenfreude afterwards. Um, Ellis, in terms of Jesus, when he got that forearm to the face, were you thinking that's another player whose season's over? I actually thought he'd done something to his, his cheekbone. He's got, I don't know what it is, one of his sides of his cheeks is more prominent than the other, and it looked like it was like swollen, but I think that is just generally his, his natural cheekbone. Look, Danny with his sausage, disgusting. <laughs> um, sorry, that I got. That Don't sussy off, shame me, boy. You and your good looks and your cheeky smile and your great beard and lovely hair and oh, got distracted by Danny's sausage and wonderful kids. I hate you, Ellis. <laughs> I love you, kids. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, I've, yeah, he could be knocked out. That was that was dirty. Was that the first actual yellow of the game as well? Was uh, I. I know they I, didn't get a yellow until like the 70th minute or something ridiculous like that. I don't want to think that Shah got booked in that because there was only two yellow cards in the game. Oh, Shah did no, get booked. Dan sorry, Burn, Dan Burn. Yeah. Go on. Uh, Shah did also get booked. I can't say for what. Uh, and Nketiah also got a booking for think? having the goal of coming on, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't know why he got booked. Yeah, another day. If they played like that at the Emirates, I think, then we'd see a lot more yellow cards and potentially sending off. Um, but they just got away with it at St. James's Park, I think, really. The atmosphere got to... Was it Chris Kavanagh was the referee, wasn't it, at St. James's yes. Park? And I think it was Kieran Tierney. Not Kieran Tierney. Uh, oh, Tierney. Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier what? That's what I was trying to say. Uh, and it didn't land very well because I got the wrong fucking player. Uh, Trippier is quite good at refereeing the games. Uh, just watch him next time. In the next Newcastle game, just watch him be up to the referee every minute. It's a little prick. Yeah, well, if that was us, we'd get fine, wouldn't we? But there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, Do but, you think we're going to win that game too, Neil? I definitely said we were going to lose in a chat with me, Josh, and Chris and Travis and some other people that may or may not have been on this show at some point. But yeah, I wasn't feeling confident at all. I felt this felt very similar to 
um, the game last season we sort of fell apart. I know we've changed a lot there. I think we went into that game with Tavares and El Nini, I want to mm-hmm. say. That was when Tierney and Parter were injured. So yeah. you take Tierney and Parter out of that squad now, you have Zinchenko and you have Jorginho. I think we probably started Lacazette up top as well. Yeah, that probably won't help. So, uh, again, I, I was worried about it. I thought they, they other than their um, minor blip they had, they were in the form, very good form. It's obviously smashed Tottenham a few weeks ago. Um, Everton, I think they put four past or five past. <clears throat> and we'd had our end of season sort of wobble where we drew those three games and then lost the City. So I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult than what I thought. I mean, it could have gone either way. One one. When, when they blew the, the whistle for the key wall, um, potential handball, I thought, oh, fuck, here we go. But we got through that initial pressure and actually looked really confident. I think I can be quite negative sometimes. And I do sort of all doom and gloom. I think that's more a coping mechanism for myself. So if I expect we're going to lose, at least I'm not disappointed when we do lose. But when, was it Martinelli first, then Saka? It may have been the other way around, but two, two glorious one-on-ones and one play through by Odegaard to, to Martinelli, wasn't it? And then Xhaka to Saka. That might be wrong. But anyway, two one-on-ones that I thought Martinelli maybe not so much for as a good save, but Saka definitely I thought could have done better in his chance. And I thought, that's going to cost us. You're not going to get that many chances. But it turns out it didn't. And I think if you watch that back without the, the fear of being at St. James's Park, it was a lot more confident than what, what I thought it would be. What about you, Danny? I, I was listening. I was looking at some crap driving down my road in a shiny blue car. What was the question? <laughs> or you can't go into it. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, never. I'm no the uh, that that your attitude towards the games, Ellis. All of it. He's, he's muted himself because he's drinking and he's eating. Let's all let's have a, let's all have a brunch together. <laughs> I was trying to mute um, my mic and stop the camera. I'm not that that um, feeling you've got, all Arsenal fans, if you had a look at our hearts, it's tattooed on our hearts, and then it's signed by Arsene Wenger. That's why. Uh, Arsene Wenger, the second half, it should be noted. Uh, that's how we all feel. But uh, no, I, I expected absolutely nothing from it. What? I was waving at Paul. Paul said hello. Oh, what am I? My ginger. Oh, go on. Look, double pressing buttons. I know, right? No, it wasn't. I, did, I expected absolutely nothing out of it. I don't know if it's partly because the season's over. But Josh, did the um, do you think we're suddenly playing? Well, after those look, draw, 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 loss, and then Chelsea at home and Newcastle away, uh, did you think that run was going to continue? Because no. I had a, I had a suspicion that maybe once the pressure is off, we get our Arsenal back. No, I thought we were going to win both games. Why? Um, Chelsea, two words: Frank Lampard, and. Uh, <laughs> The Newcastle game, no, I've seen Newcastle play this season in the flesh. They're basically a Burnley with money. Um, They're very, it's one of those that irritating to watch in the sense of they don't particularly play great football. Um, They don't want to take the game to anybody because they know if they do, they will just get played through. There's too many good footballing sides in this division even looking down to Fulham, Bournemouth even, could do a job against Newcastle uh, if Newcastle just tried to play 
a bit more expansively. So that's why I would I didn't fear it. I was literally the ying to Ellis's yang in the uh, WhatsApp group we were in as he went. Uh, we're definitely losing this game, and I was going. We're doing anything but losing. I could see either a draw when we've got a win and somebody decides to snatch that to a draw. Um, but I, I could. I was there was no jeopardy for me in that game. I saw it as three points. I think the the games that I think are a little bit more worrying. Um, actually, Brighton. I don't fear too much. What doesn't help is Monday night. Uh, you've got a team that now wants to come back um, and show that they can you know, beat Man United and with a team that knocks six past Wolves, but they're away from home. And I think they're still a jaded side. And perhaps perhaps that changes when City come down. Um, but again, I'd bear in mind that that Aston Villa game for Brighton final day of the season is a lot bigger game for them than City coming down to the ground. So I don't expect any favours uh, for anybody at that point. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I, I don't have that same kind of doom and gloom. We are, the, I would say, we are the best non-state funded side in the Premier League. <laughs> That's uh, very true. And it's by an absolute distance as well, especially if you look at it. Um, well, who's the gap between us and third? It's well, third's Newcastle at the moment, isn't it? So it's just the gap mm. between us and uh, Man United. It's like the good old days if we just eradicate state owned sides. <laughs> uh, morally, we're champions. <laughs> morally, we're champions. Annoyingly, Man United finished second. Um, although Brighton would end up in uh, the top four, so it's not all bad. I know ABW don't listen to our own content because, quite frankly, you're all scumbags. Did you hear my stat about how many... There's been 30 Premier League seasons, about how many, with our current points total of 81, how many titles we'd have already been champions? Oh, seven. It would have been a lot. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it depends. How far back did you go? Oh, every All 30 Premier League seasons. All 30 Premier League seasons with a total yeah. of, what, 81? I think we would have won 12. Oh, you're, you're both very confident. Ellis has gone 7, 17, 71. <laughs> what are you going to stick with, Ellis? Seven. It's six. Oh. There's the proof. Oh. And if we win our last three games, then guess how many out of 30 we would have won if we, if we ended up on 90 points? 71. 12. 20. Wow, 20 no 21 21 out of 30 we'd have won on uh, 90 points I mean one of them that was won on 75 points sorry people listening because uh, the, the listeners we, do listen all the time because they're lovely these scumbags don't listen to a thing I do we did do. you say that we've already eclipsed the invincible invincibles target uh, or final points total uh, well if you look there the invincibles in 2004 they got 90 points so we, we could equal the invincibles but then our first double win inside got 78. 02 got 87. But the other amazing thing is that already we have scored, I think we are the third third highest number of Premier League goals. And that's with three games left to go. And all we need to do is score, I think, four more to equal the highest ever Premier League score goal scored by Arsenal. Just how about them onions? Man City, the machine that they are, and how yeah. they've just completely changed the landscape with their... 
wonderful children. But they're lovely astroturf in sports washing. We all know you're guilty. You can stop spending money. You're not going to... No, no one's forgotten. I'm not sure what we've forgotten, but I think... When I is that going to happen? Like, when are they actually going to be, like, officially charged? Well, they've got those 140 charges, haven't they? And that's not... That's only because it's been, how about, seven or eight seasons, so it's the same charges season after season. So at the end of this season, that 130 is going to be coming, like, at about 160, <laughs> and then next season it's going to go up by another 20. Then The FA are never going to do anything about it. They can't afford is to. It, is it before or after they... Um finally suspend Ivan Tony for 3,000 bets or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, they won't do that, they will they? Until he, gets a, until he gets his England call-up all settled, then it'll be fine. <laughs> then they'll go, oh yeah, now you can't play. Sorry, mate. Just imagine if they go on to do the treble and they'll be considered like one of the best, if not the best, like Premier League side. And then if they're found guilty, like, I'd just be like, oh, cheered. Goodbye. Oh, well, be full. Lance Armstrong, rewriting the rules. And then it will go down to the uh, next non-state funded club, which. Whew, well, you know, know what I like. A, I love myself a bit of uh, of uh, Tour de France, Josh. And uh, I said to Sean, "When I am, um, when I get my miracle cure on the 16th of June, I think it is. Uh, and if it works, I'm getting a bike and I'm going to India for a year, riding around India on my bike, getting punctures every five minutes." But Joe Rogan had. Um, Lance Armstrong on the podcast, one of the best ones he's ever done, um, sports-wise. And uh, Joe said, you do realise that although you had all your titles taken off you for doping, if in, since you've been done for it, it's now come out that ev- so many other people in the, in those years, and one of those years said everyone down to 21st would have been banned because they were all found to be doping. That's just the ones that have admitted it. But Lance was the only one to get done, was, isn't he? Wasn't he? Isn't it? Um, yes and no. Because the entire US postal team got done, and they got were shut all down. In the... Fine, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So that covers all of them. Plus, you had uh, Yaz Ulrich; he got done. I mean, but didn't they all get done by the time they'd retired? They didn't ruin their career, did it? Ulrich got done in his career. Pantani got done a couple of times in his career as well. Um, they were all getting done constantly, but it was Chippini US... was dead by then, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I loved him. But it was Not all the postal service. That was the ones that um, that hit it. Pat Hardy was incredible in terms of... He was a better cyclist than Lance Armstrong. Some of the records he's got. Um, the quickest ascent of Alpduez, uh ever is by Pantani. It's half a minute quicker than Lance Armstrong, but Lance Armstrong posted it when he was doing a time trial from the bottom to the top. Whereas uh, Pantani had already done a hundred and something kilometres before that was the stage finish. And, anyway. I, and when I get my miracle cure, I will be entering the Tour de France on a, a rally burner, BMX rally burner, wheeling the entire fucking thing off my tits on steroids. <laughs> Josh Ellis isn't happy. He told us to stop talking about things he doesn't understand. <laughs> we we have to go oh. and uh, either talk speedway or fishing. That's the only two <laughs> things he gets. <laughs> I don't know. I know Norwich have a speedway team. We're losing it. Sorry. Josh, quick, save us. Sorry. Um, what can I say? Um, that's enough for this little sequence of, and I was trying to think of a Dutch cyclist. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, we'll call it the Van Eddie Merckx. We'll go Eddie Merckx Wonderland. Um, <laughs> and the impromptu one. Yeah, it was close enough, isn't it? Um, and we'll get back to the football. I think, I'm going to go through Boy Tendio's uh, little question he's got here because I think he said he's just solved refereeing. 
Oh, go on then. You highlight um, it because I've not seen so, it. Oh, here we go. I've got sit, it. Yeah. Are you pressing it or shall I? You you do it. Woof. Woof. Uh, take that, so, AC Jimbo. You think you've got silky skills? Back off, son. We're in town. There we go. BT Sport don't want you for their biggest game of the season. Just no. you come here, AC Jimbo. You can come here. Yeah. You, you'll do every single show if you want to. If not, yeah. we can just sit here and talk about model trains. Unless we'll he's do doing that. an Italian football podcast and he'll just fuck off and do that and pretend he's not available to do ours. That's fine. I think we'll all agree. <clears throat> Chris might turn up, though. Who knows? <laughs> um, so, Poitendio, I uh, was just talking about how to solve the referee system. Uh, double or even triple the uh, referee's pay. Bar them from all referee duties if they get too many VAR calls wrong. Three strikes only. That's it. And the contracts are pay as you ref. Um, what do we think about that? Um, Boy Tendio wants a knighthood. Uh, Danny, are you able to um, to give those out? Because I think you're our king. I um, I, I missed well, the coronation. Yes, I think, uh, I think someone's given us some money. What, Cliff? Hold on, what? I'm munching sausage. We should eat sausage and rice and stuff more often. Now, Ellis in the dark more often. <laughs> Cliff says, I'm moaning about Brentford's two points. Yes, we was robbed. But if we were not defending like schoolboys and cleared the ball, wouldn't be an issue. Thank you very much for that, Cliff. We're going to send it to uh, Ellis so he can turn his lights. See, like that. Immediately, you send us money. I've siphoned it through to Ellis's uh, Cayman Islands bank account. He's got money for electricity, but no money for cushions, (laughs) sadly. Ah, oh, Horace. He didn't hear any of that. No. Buying new cushions. Who else wasn't happy about this? Oh, Phil Macker. Well, he's never bloody happy. No, he was not a cycling pod. Stan Rally Grifter. That's what all the cool kids had. Like I wanted one of those. My mum and dad said it's too dangerous. You could wheel it and fall off. But then I yeah. think it's because it costs a lot of money. And I got a, <laughs> I got a DMX, which was a Dutch motocross, silver and blue. Ooh, I like it. Pedal back brake. Fuck about. Again. Oh, I love a kind of wet break. Anyway, um, so what else? Phil saying You're something You're even distracting else. yourself now. <laughs> I have distracted myself. I'm just, I like bikes too much. Um, well, he's got, Phil's gone full. Um, Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, Phil, I don't think we can do that. I Even if they make a VAR mistake, um, we'll, we'll just end up with, no referees. I think so what we'll probably do as it is, if you kill them all off, we can be left with even worse ones. Yeah, I think I think the simple things is bring in referees <laughs> from elsewhere who hate all clubs equally. Um oh and first first thing I do is get Anthony Taylor to actually say he doesn't support Alfreston Town because it's just nonsense. Altrincham Town, sorry. It's just nonsense. You're a Man United supporter, you grew up outside Old Trafford. Get over yourself. Um, what else do we need about, to talk about, Danny? I was going to say, I don't want to... Um, Ellis, 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 do you watch NFL? <laughs> no, don't start talking about that as well, please. Oh, me. Are you aware of, of the fact that they have multiple refs? Do you, would you think it would be a good idea? Remember Champions League games, referee uh, linesman behind the goals. I'd bring that on. I'd have four linesmen running up down, um, up and down the pitch, at the side of the pitch, not two. And I'd have two referees on the pitch. And uh, I think I was asked Josh, but he's busy stuffing his face with people at home. Look at him. It's, it's like watching a ferret eating nuts. 
Are the ferrets well, eat nuts? I don't know. Do ferrets even have nuts? Would would that be overkill, Ellis? By having um, what that be? That be four, five, six, seven, eight referees. No, two referees and six fourth officials, or whatever you're going to call the ones that are running up and down. Is that slightly overkill? Would reckon they still fuck it up? Yes, because they're all shit. All the British <laughs> ones. They're all more than idiots that hate any southern clubs, hate any foreigners unless they play for Manchester clubs or for Tottenham. And just adding more of them just make it worse. They just need. I'd, watching the Champions League, I feel like, although some of their calls might be a bit soft, I feel like the, the standards of refereeing in the Champions League is a lot better than the standards of refereeing from the PGMR. So just employ some better referees from abroad who have no allegiances to anyone, even if they say they haven't. Just bring them across and do their thing. And maybe just stop using VAR as much. Don't bring logic into this, for fuck's sake, man. What are you talking about? What we <laughs> need is more... Thing. <laughs> what I'm hearing, Danny, is we need more beanbags in, uh, in professional football. That's what it is. Linesmen should all be given beanbags, and every time they see a problem, they just chuck the beanbag at the offending yeah. player. Oh, but then the player the would go down. The extra subs like they do on Sunday league. But <laughs> if they threw the beanbag like they do in NFL at the player, would go down acting like he's been shot, and then they're th- the, the substitutions, would be, they'd have to have 12 subs each team because one, one little knock and they'd, they'd gone down. Didn't we watch the Milan game last night? Because after they had uh, after they were 2 0 up, there was a what Rio Ferdinand was wetting his pants about. That's definitely a foul, that's a penalty. And then the referee went over and spent an hour looking at it and went, no, there's no penalty. Was it? Uh, I, I don't care. I don't think it was. I don't think, for me, there wasn't. It's the thing, it, because officiating has got that bad now that pretty much any sort of contact in the box. Can you remember David Louise against the Wolves player when they were just running along and he clipped his knee and he fell over and they gave that as a pen like that. Mm. If that's if that's the level of contact that gets you awards you a pen, then yes, I guess you could say that was a penalty. But you can have contact and it not be enough for you to go down. But the thing is, play, players throw themselves to the floor. It's difficult for the referee. I understand them potentially kicking off that it wasn't clear and obvious. Like the referee was literally stood behind the player when it happened. And it, you get that, don't you? I think I'd like to see the stats, how many times a referee's changed decision when he's been told to go to the monitor. Because I think that definitely plays a part in that head. Like if you think, mm, why are they sending me to the monitor? And you probably look at that and think, oh yeah, maybe I was wrong. I doubt many have actually stuck by their original on-field decision. I think my favourite thing about um, that whole situation though was how it was English pundits and English referees going uh, and trying to take the moral high ground on refereeing decisions. Like we don't have an absolute shit show of, uh, of results in our league. I'm like, come off it, mate. I can if see what you're trying to do. That is a stonewall penalty that needs to go back and look at his career and look at some of the fouls that he's fucking put in. Oh, oh, definitely. I think it was <laughs> only just today. Did I see the, uh, <laughs> I see that foul. He did in the game, the 50 game. Uh, his last man had just shoulder budged. <laughs> it was just like, no, mate, just go up. It's fine. And Mike Riley's going, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Please, Alex, can I have a glass of wine with you after the game? Don't kill me. Thank you. They're not going to mm. ever fix it, are they? Because there's nothing wrong with VAR. It's the morons that have to interpret it. I'd say if if you've got small kids and Josh hasn't got any yet and Ellis has got three, if there's something they're playing with and they're not playing with it properly, you take it off them. 
So we have to say, look, one more fuck up. When it's our bloody game, without the fans, there is no game. There is no stadium. There is no um, – they'll have empty stadiums. There's no – because the sponsorship is there to, for us. And if we all go, no, we're not watching or coming to any more games, we'll turn our backs and go and watch, um, I don't know, um, ugh, get that off my screen, dirty <laughs> pasta and rice. Not enough, enough carbs in there. Bad for you. I'm on no Let's carbs. listen to um, – the TIFO podcast. I know Josh listens. I don't know if you listen. That's stopping, that isn't it? They're cancelling it. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm gutted. Uh, you know whose fault that is? It's Travis. That um, is Travis's you know, fault. Um, what's his... Uh, Walrus and the Hedgehog. That's not his app now. It's, uh, no, it's uh, Wally loves Wally. AFC. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Uh, it's his fault. Joe Devine said so. They were talking about how the, the referees weren't in place to do what they're doing now. And because of technology, it's got to in-depth. And really, at the end of the day, it's just to, to make sure that games aren't necessarily fair but are controlled and not going AWOL and I, I just think they make a good point I think you're making a rod for, for the referees back we all know the BGMR we all know the referees we employ in this country aren't great so why do we think giving them more technology was going to make that any better for them <laughs> good like, point <laughs> I, I, I was guilty I thought well, that might be a good thing surely they can't look at a screen and think that's not a penalty but Clearly they can. Clearly they can look at a screen and not see anything at all. Or clearly they can look at a screen and think, nah, leave it, it's fine. <laughs> it's just, you either need to strip it back down to what it was or you just need to modify the rules to fit the criteria that we're trying to fit now and make them less. I, 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 I don't think you can have camera angles that can also be distorted depending on where the camera is, depending on the light, depending on lots of multiple factors deciding referee decision with quite grey thoughts behind it. If, if if you're looking at a handball and you're going back to, is it intentional? That's a process. You, no one 100% knows whether they've done that intentionally. The, the whole, is your arm in a natural position? If you run like Raheem Sterling, this is a natural position for your hands to be in. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's too difficult. It's not going to be solved in a day. I do like the idea of what Howard Webber said, though, with micing up the referees and actually having them be accountable. And when it goes to VAR, hearing that discussion, hearing them go, oh, I think it's this because of this. I think you should check that decision because of this, this and that. And at least it then humanises them a bit. Potentially, I mean, it's probably not going to happen with like the tribalism of football, but potentially people can at least see the thoughts behind the ideas, even if they are incorrect in their opinion. I'll just do what Jose Mourinho does and just record them anyway. <laughs> that was an excellent move by Jose. I did enjoy that. It certainly was. A little bit of shithousery. Um, Danny, we're just talking about um, some of the various different refereeing issues. And I think you've got some stats on uh, one of the five, one of the issues that Newcastle took uh, with Arsenal's play in the game. Uh, like, which one do you want? Oh, should we go with... Well, we've already started that. The average know. delay between restarting play. Hmm. So where are, where, where, are, where are Arsenal? Newcastle is the second worst. Second worst. And 30 seconds. The way they were going on, you'd think that we were the worst? We were in the no. middle. No, we are fat, right in mid-table. Um, and Liverpool, Liverpool worse, mm. Liverpool best. That's interesting. Yeah. 
How about that one? Oh, average delay time before goal kicks. <laughs> I think partly some of that. Newcastle are up at 36.8. I don't know. If, is that seconds? Minutes. Yeah, minutes. <laughs> uh, in seconds. Is part of that down to being uh, Nick Pope so tall, it takes him longer to bend down? Is that it? <laughs> is that part of the issue? Uh, but... Yeah, otherwise it's it's a, it's a wild statistic, isn't it? Um, I mean, they're what are they? They're fifteen and a half seconds longer. They're they're, they're more than fifty percent longer than Liverpool have it, and they're what three point seven seconds longer than the next team. <laughs> but it's nonsense. And then you have got this one as well. So, how long does each team spend with the ball in play? And unsurprisingly, Newcastle are bottom of this as well with fifty-two <laughs> percent of their possession or 50% of the minutes with the ball in play. Wow. Yeah. They just don't bother. They're too busy taking goal kicks. They just love that part of the game too much. That is horrendous, isn't it? I mean, I suppose it's job well done, isn't it? It's working. Yeah. It's it. That's what I say. It is their absolute. They're a terrible team to watch. I can imagine every team will hate playing them. Because they're just shit houses. That's it. There's not much quality to that side. And yeah, it just makes me feel a little bit sad. Um, oh, who else is in here? Uh, we've got Rudy Rastos just giving us an update. Uh, West Ham, one goal down against um, Admiral Akbar. Um, True facts. Got, oh, Mike Hertz is there as well. Hold on. When Mike Hertz turns up, we have to do this. It's, it's, in, a, it's in his contract. Arriba! Arriba. Mexican flag. And we've got one for Albert if he turns up. And we've got one for Jeff if he turns up. And we've got one for um, Hen- Hendrix if he turns up. Does Stan also get the uh, Canadian one? Or does he not count? Uh, yeah, but you don't, you don't have it there for long because he's, he's a geezer. Oh, that's true. And we have Jerusalem if Raj ever comes back. Raj said he would. He'd come back for a show. And Dom said he would. Wow. Wow. Can't wait for that. It'll be amazing. It will. Um, one day. So Jeff's selling tickets now as well. He's in the Eurovision game. Did you see Back. how much those tickets were meant to list prices? £47,000 for the box for the for the Eurovision. And he'll let you have the box for 22 grand. I mean, he's I a nice guy. Quick enough. <laughs> I mean, that's paying for his next holiday to Ibiza, isn't it? Oh, Jeff. But he's, every time we need tickets, he always lets us have them at, at face value. Or less. I let him have him at cost. Oh, well, Very nice there we him. go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he's always a good one if we need it. Uh, oh, Phil Mack has got an excellent, excellent uh, suggestion. Uh, uh, if Chris turns up, we should get a half French flag, half pirate flag. Um, yeah, never going to need that, are we? No, he's on strike, isn't he? Because uh, that's how seriously he takes his uh, Frenchness. Uh, I think, what else should we talk about before we get... Oh. Injury news, before we go and talk about my second team. Um, Danny, we've got two players, they're dead, that's it. We're not going to see them for the rest of the season. Um, Saliba, his back's broken, but it's not that broken. And Sinchenko, his leg's broken, but it's not that broken. Discuss. Um, Not surprised about Saliba, and I am happy about Zinchenko. Uh, that's the big talking point because um, Ornstino announced it today. And 
I'm not sure that the that the Zinchenko thing is working. It works sometimes, but you need to have two left backs. Remember Wenger, I said this last night with Sophie. Great podcast, if anybody missed it, me and Sophie talking for about an hour and 20 minutes and didn't mention Josh once, which will make him cry. And she said she doesn't even like him. That's a fact. She said that live on the show. She said, I don't like him. I just feel sorry for him. The uh, rice and pastry in shitbag. It's like she knew. It's like she knows. Mm. And uh, what was I going to say about him? Yeah, Wenger in the days, it was play the same side no matter who you're playing. But in the early days, that was okay because from 98 to about 2006, we had some of the best players in the world and definitely the best players in the Premier League, apart from maybe Man United. And you could do that. You could send out the same team over and over and over. But then when you're in the Danielson, the the, the Song days, the, um, the Bentner and all these other players that weren't very good, you're sending them same team out week after week, then you, you shouldn't do that. And I think Arteta needs to have a, a backup plan. I mean, Wenger never had a, a plan B, did he? It was if, uh, if plan A doesn't work, revert to plan A. And so that's why you need two different left-backs to do two different jobs. So I'm happy for Tyranny that he's going to get to play the next week. Well, they're going to say that he probably brings some, probably try and get on any to play at left-back because yeah, I don't think he likes Tyranny. But I love to see. I thought Tyranny was magnificent against Newcastle. Some may say it was um, an audition, which I hope it wasn't an audition. But, yeah, it's... Um, no real surprise. You? Anyone else? I was surprised about Sinchenko, to be fair. I didn't. I thought him coming off in the Newcastle game was purely tactical. He landed on his ass in the first half. He'd misplaced some passes, and I thought we were slightly under the caution. He wanted more of a defensive defender on, so that's why they brought Tierney on. But turns out he's done his calf. Is, is that the third or second time he's done his calf this season? I feel like he's been out multiple times. Definitely his third injury, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's been out multiple times with long, long, uh, long extended periods. I suppose mm-hmm. what I was um, saying pre pre podcast about this is that a two week injury now rules out your season more or less. Mm. With the final games being that bank holiday weekend, um, so for people outside of the UK who might not have a bank holiday weekend, talking about the 28th, twenty ninth, it's the bank holiday. The third one in May. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it's frustrating. It does worry me because obviously there's been a lot of talk of Tierney wanting more game time. He's been linked with Newcastle. More recently, he's been linked with City, which I find surprising. Um, and like I said, Tinchenko's been out a few times. I guess if Tierney was to go, the cover for Tinchenko would be one of two people, potentially Shaka, who may well be going to Leverkusen. Uh, and, and Tommy Asu, who can play sort of um, on the left. We saw Arsenal deploy him there against Liverpool. We beat him at home at the Emirates earlier in the season. And it's, it's concerning because one, Tommy Asu is quite injury prone. So is Sinchenko. And the other two replacements potentially can, won't even be here. So I think if Tierney goes, we're probably going to have to try and bring someone in. Or... I think Josh, you may have mentioned this in our WhatsApp chat, bringing in another right back so Tommy Asu can be that backup. And again, that doesn't solve the fact that he's consistently injured. Are you too concerned about Saliba? I know Travis in our in our WhatsApp chat is worried that this back problem is not going to go away. Or do you think it's just a case of they were trying to see if they could get him in and now it's just a case of he isn't, so just let him relax. Ornstein put neither required surgery. Do you think that's going to be the case? In my absolutely no 
um, qualifications, medical experience and uh, medical knowledge. I am purely saying that it must be a good thing that Saliba doesn't need surgery on his back. Uh, I can't think that, uh, you know, it's, I think partly why it's taken so long and we've always been Aminari is because it's something that could be solved through physiotherapy, but we've come through, um, you know, it's obviously been a point where we thought about, do we need to do surgery? Could we get him back? And now it's a case of, as I say, it's two weeks ish till uh, the end of the season. We know we're not going to get him back for that time, but actually the physiotherapy that we thought might work is starting to work. And come preseason, we'll have a player that's uh, that's fully fit and ready to go. I think what is most um, what's needed most, and I think from everything we're hearing, it's going to be. Uh, something we address in the summer is adequate backup for um, for Saliba. I think Kivio has been great in the games he's played, but I don't think he's a long-term solution. And then I think again with Tommy Asu, we wouldn't be talking about bringing in another defender if we thought Tommy Asu was the long-term backup successor to uh, to Saliba. And clearly, Rob Holding isn't necessarily in favor he could be there sitting as a fifth choice center back um but if a reasonable bid came in for him do i think we'd take it absolutely good um, how many um brighton players do you think we're going to get josh i think that's the reason why everyone's here that's why we've got 44 people watching how many can we realistically steal and get away with it uh well Depends, well, depends if you need? want any. How many? Yeah, how many good ones do you want? Uh, how many ones are available? Uh, in terms of right back, I think you could get Joel Vartman. But um, but yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to answer Rudy as well. Uh, Kivia isn't a long term successor for me at right centre back. It's Kivia's behind Gabriel. Um, I think we still need a right footed centre back. He's he's playing well enough, but we still need someone else to cover there. But yeah, Brighton players. Uh, I know which one I'd like from the midfield too that are seemingly available and Josh loves carbs I do love carbs I think we should go after McAllister um, yeah uh, I think McAllister's the one to go for he is just a superb player um, certainly better than Trossard and if Trossard has turned up to be good then imagine how good McAllister is Um and who else? Caicedo. I don't think Caicedo is going to leave this summer. Obviously signing that big new deal. That's not necessarily just to keep him there. Um, it's also to help drive up that price. But if they get Europa League proper, I've got a feeling he'll spend a season still there. Um, but there's going to be some interesting signings coming into Brighton as well. So they won't miss either of those two players leaving if they do both go. Um, I think that's a good thing about Brighton. Just trying to think who else we've got um, in there that would be available. We've well, bought Kivia, so otherwise I was going to say about Kiv- uh, Levi Colwell, but um, he's on loan from Chelsea. Who else? Um, wouldn't bother with Matoma. Um, he's had a good spell. He's got a bit too big for his boots at the moment. Um, Solly March is too great. He is 
no one want, no one should buy Solly March. So he should stay at Brighton for his entire career. What position does he play? Solly March, yeah. right wing. So and Matoma plays on the left wing. Plays on the left wing. That game, we is weird. Very rarely do we comment too much about Brighton, but that game we beat Man United. There was there was about four or five of us all talking about. You, you must have been sitting there naked in the shower, touching yourself inappropriately. As we're all going, "Fuck me, Brighton are good." Oh my god, that play was brilliant. Were you happy that day? Did, did you have a little tear? It's all downhill just, from there, really, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, they lost five one the game afterwards. Just to leave it out. Um, no, I was I was at both of those games, so. I was busy watching and enjoying myself in the moment. Um, but yeah, there is some really good youngsters there. Uh, Inciso is the one that's taking uh, the headlines at the moment. There's a hell of a raw player in there. Um, that, is that the 18-year-old? Yes, the 18 Paraguayan. Trying to get through. It's pretty good for learning your South American geography, um, supporting Brighton. Uh, who else? is there um jeremy sarmiento he is injured at the moment but i think he's better than in CISO. and if you think of a player i'd describe his dribbling style as similar to ronaldinho in the enjoys football you know kind of enjoys dribbling the ball uh Put out a bit of skill, but the skill is always going to be sometimes useful. Sometimes it's flair. You know, he's not that um, spinning, spinning Beyblade that's uh, also Brazilian Beyblade at uh, at Man United. So yeah, there's there's quite a few of them. But when you said spinning Beyblade, I thought that was some kind of new knife that young kids have got on the streets that Ellis is having to deal with when they come up all cut up in bits. <laughs> I know what Beyblade. I know about that thing. You can talk yeah. about that thing. It's like spinny top things with a dragon yeah. and stuff. Anime. Yeah, and the, the the Brazilian one is uh, is Anthony. Yeah, or if you're Jewish, uh, Dreidel. Add that too. And I can't think of any of the spinning thing. I can't Have you think had any A and E with a Dreidel stuck up their bum? That's what everybody wants to know. That's true. Have you had any more with a Beyblade stuck up their bum? <laughs> no. Give it time. Um, no. We're giving Phil ideas. <laughs> I had a win with a knife up the other day. Which way? Handle first or blade first? No, no, the, the sharp bit first. The handle was sticking out. Well, is that why she came in? She got, like, you're doing it the wrong way around. I'm getting struck off now. They're actually <laughs> filming in RNE for ITVX, but I signed a thing to say that I don't want my cam- my face to be on camera. Oh, blur me out like I'm a criminal. Because like, you're too famous. Like my voice really deep. <laughs> they obviously thinking, well, that bloke was a nonce. The nonce yeah. blur on that one. I see him walking around with Ellis Mel written on the back of his shirt. <laughs> oh, Ellis has blanked out. What's he done? We don't know. He's gone full carpet. So we haven't seen him. Yeah. He's left the country. He's not allowed at games anymore. <laughs> oh, um, Good job no one listens to this. <laughs> and to you, Mel, I'm just happy that Brighton is shooting now because Potter's left. Um, it's... Where's he going to go? Where do you think he'd fit in? Potter. Um, well, Daniel Levy will have to pay him compensation, pay Chelsea compensation, so I don't think he'll go there. Um, How about Desebri getting poached by Spurs and Potter going back to Brighton? Is that a thing? No. No, it won't happen. Daniel Levy doesn't like spending any money on a manager. Look at all the managers he's got at 
Um, I think Josh also said that Paul would never go to Chelsea, but look how that turned out. Yeah, I, I didn't think he'd go to Chelsea. <laughs> until I don't the, think anybody uh, did. And then, no, and then Todd Bowley paid thirty million pound to move him. Um, yeah, it was insane. Uh, Phil Macker, no, no one from Southampton. Even James Ward Prowse, don't bother because he's going to Brighton. Um, is he? Yeah. Oh, what that's a the rumor. That is the strong rumor. That's who. That's why I don't think they'll miss um, McAllister or Caicedo because I have James Ward Prowse coming in and the guy from Sassuolo going to spend about £40 million on another midfielder. Is it Berardi? No, it's... can't remember. He's got an Italian name, and that's the best I, I can do. If there's any Italian players with Italian names, do let us know in the chat if you can think of any. I'll start. Yeah. Luca Toni, Palermo legend, who, who uh, oh. Dezebra used to manage. I remember when he was manager there for yeah. three minutes, lost every game and then got fired. <laughs> I think that season we went through about seven managers and some of them we went through twice ridiculous yeah I think it's uh, Palermo was a bit are they still owned by the um, no man City bought them Rockstar oh of course that's why uh, my love for them has, has waned um, oh. how are we going to get on at the weekend then Josh with uh, playing uh, the the Josh I'm not going to say your surname anymore because you got rid of it the Josh the Human um, B side against the Josh the Human A side who's going to win Ooh, and, which uh, one's which well, they we don't both, dare guess. A, a, yeah, a a for Brighton and uh, B for Arsenal. That's, obviously, yeah, obviously. Um, I think the um, I think the game will go similarly to actually the home game with four two. Sorry, I said the away game. Oh, I'm getting confused now. The game at the Amex because we play already played. He doesn't um, know who his home team are don't know i'm confused that's why i don't go to them um but yeah avon i think solly march is injured for the rest of the season um he did his hamstring against everton um i'm just thinking who else so i well, think Avon's it'll be changed his avatar it's a picture of a dog it's always been a picture of the dog is it yeah you're just oh, yeah. your eyesight's got better you put your contacts in or something. No, I, just, I've, I, I um, cancelled my only fan subscription. Oh, and, now re- and now I've renewed it. I've got an age verif- verifying myself. And they give you a, a, VR, a QR code to go to. Then it sends you to an app. And you've got to hold, take a picture of yourself. And it wouldn't do it. I oh. think that's, what's going on? I just want my account back. I miss <laughs> my ladies. Oh, no. That's Have you got your own account account? where you put your pictures up? Your bathtub bits. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to supplement ABW some way. Quick, someone um, save us. <laughs> yes, Brighton. I think uh, I think it will be a, a tight game, but I'm still expecting Arsenal to win. That's what I do expect. Um, that, yeah, it will be tight, expansive, fun to watch. But I feel like the. Uh, what was it? Carabao Cup game at the Emirates earlier in the season. That was a completely different side. Uh, Cedric uh, played right back and Sambi Lokonga played in midfield for that Cedric's game. Cedric's still at the club then? Yeah, he went in January. Oh. For the end. So, yeah, uh, that tells you how long ago it was. That, And if I remember rightly, one of my mates who was at the game on the Brighton end said... Sambi Lukonga was the best Arsenal player 
that day. Wow. So that that That's tells amazing. you how well, yeah, that tells you how well uh, that game went. Certainly not going to be like that now. Um, you know, we can all remember uh, New Year's Eve. Stupid time that game was at, by the way. It was five o'clock on a New Year's Eve. Of course, nobody turned up and on telly. Um, and that's why I wasn't there. Um, what else? Yeah, I'm expecting to say a similar to that. Fast start, loads of goals, and ask them to come out through triumphant, especially with Jesus back as well. Um, who else has come in there? Are we still naming Italians, Danny? Okay, well, we couldn't think of any. Definitely okay. there are any. Well, no, you found uh, one. Uh, I think procrastinating Womble mentioned one. Release Wotherwick. That's all <laughs> i got to say to that. <laughs> oh, what a film. Great days. I watched Gladiator the other day, the director's cut. Are they making a sequel to that? Someone else said that. Nonsense. What? Gladiator, the fat years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh Oh, Boblex has come up with uh, Arturo Lupoli, another Norwich legend. Wonderful. Ryan. Hello, Ryan. How are you? The Mr. Arsenal podcast, if anybody wants a watch along, he does them all. And a very fine show it is too. And I think he covers the ladies, don't we all? Hmm? You do now, you've got OnlyFans back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting oh. for the email. And I've gone, oh, why doesn't this fucking thing work? Quick, <laughs> desperate. I do have a question for Ellis as well. Because he was at his B-side game um, at the weekend. Uh, did you see Marquinhos in the flesh? No, he wasn't even on the bench. Oh. But I did see they were playing a team uh, from the seaside, Blackpool. So I did see a bit of Charlie Patino, who, I'll be honest, I think Blackpool were already relegated. The first half barely got out of their half. It was mostly Norwich. But then they counterattacked quite well and got a goal and then basically held it for the most of the game. They come out of their half a bit more in the second half. They're a bit more adventurous. I think he switched the play quite a bit. Um, he m- could have got a goal, but I think the Blackpool player, they broke through from a, a counter-attack from a corner and it was just him and another Blackpool player. He overlapped him and he could have received the ball, but the guy dummied it and then went for a shot and it was awful. But I, I didn't see enough of him to, to make an opinion of him, but he did look a lot taller and a lot bigger in the flesh than what I thought. So maybe he's beefed up a bit in those... People say that about championship loan. How do you feel, Willis, about them doing us dirty? Balogun going, saying, I'm not coming back, I want to be sold. Patino saying, go fuck yourself. And uh, Reese Nelson saying, I'm off. And uh, Ashley Maitland-Niles? I think Ashley Maitland-Niles, I couldn't care less. He needs to go. I don't think anyone is, is bothered that he's going. Just him against Forrest in that game. Fucking yeah. atrocious. Oh um, as for Nelson, he's had plenty of opportunities. He could have left before. He decided he wants to stay and try and work his way in the team. Hasn't quite worked out for him. So, yeah, it doesn't really bother me that he's leaving. I think it's probably best for his career for him to go. As for the Balogun, it's a difficult one. I, I, I can sort of see where he's coming from. He's had a good season playing. He probably looks at the Arsenal team and may think he could probably do the job that Eddie and Kett is doing. But I don't think he's going to get that opportunity considering we've give, given a long-term contract to, to Nketiah and given the, the number 14. And I don't think he'll be... 
happy with playing third choice striker um, unless we get a severe injury to, to one of Enketia or, or um, James Hughes is probably not going to get a look in so I sort of understand it he is still quite a young player though he could still probably go out and loan or maybe a, a better loan uh, better loan that's probably a bit rude uh, alone within England where he can experience more English football lower half of the Premier League upper half of the Championship as for Patinia, like I think he could get opportunities I think it's a lot easier to get games in centre mid than it is as the lone striker in a system that Arsenal are employing at the moment uh, it's a bit annoying I think he's probably got advisors in his ear isn't he in the same agency as um Ray Ferdinand and Ray Ferdinand put another moronic tweet about how he understands why he wants to leave. But we can all agree that he probably wouldn't say that if he was wearing uh, the red of Manchester, not the red and white of Arsenal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's frustrating. They're both young talents. I'd like them to see that Arsenal, but also that is where we are at the moment. If they're not going to make it into the team, then make some money on them and improve an area of the team that we need to improve. Carl Walker, you bastard. I couldn't, I was going to have to drive to Cambridge tomorrow because the bloody train strikes. Not enough money as it is. Trains, teachers, striking over nothing. Get him off, Danny. Get, get that man off. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Put him away. Put him in the bin. Make you know what back. he's shouting now? Oh, it's not fucking underground. It's not the fucking underground. Uh, they'll probably strike soon. I mean, they strike most of the time, don't they? The way their service runs. I mean, bless them, they only get 50 grand for pressing go and stop on a train. I mean, that is, Ellis, you don't even do that a week, do you? I mean, you don't do that that much work ever. And I mean, how much are you on? Five pounds a day? So rude. Josh, how do you feel about all those players? Ungrateful little bastards. You'd think they'd look at the likes of the other two Willock brothers who went, we're going off to bigger, better things. Oh, now we're playing for QPR, about to go down. Maybe they avoided it. And I think Oxford City, Oxford United, actually, one of those two. So they're... Whoever's advising these players, Arsenal are at their absolute peak at the moment, and you could be a part of that. And they don't want to, do they? They, they, do they? Do they need to slap on the back of their legs and sent to their room to have a have a think about what they've done? Potentially, um, I think I agree with Ellis on Maitland-Niles. He's out of contract, isn't he, in the summer? And I think the other interesting thing from Maitland-Niles and where he sees his standing in the game is he said he'd be very happy to receive a uh, contract off from Southampton, knowing probably full well they're getting relegated. So he obviously sees himself as a top-of-the-table championship player, <laughs> slash bottom of the Premier League. So I think that's one of those that we had the opportunity to sell him. Either he or we didn't want to move him on at the time. And he could have been playing for a lower-half Premier League team, I suppose, in Wolves. And yeah, Salavi, we move on from him. And the way I look at Patino, I kind of mentioned it before. Arsenal have done this before. We've moved players on, uh, very promising youth players. And if you think back to, say, the late 2000s, because then we can talk about players who have had an end to end career, players that have left our academy, never would have really pushed for a first team place against the teams they were in, but had a really good Premier League career, a bit like we're seeing with Joe Willock. I don't think Joe Willock pushes for a starting 11 mm. uh, position 
at Arsenal in this side. But if you think back to someone like Matty Upson or the other really good one, Steve Sidwell. Reading no and point. Chelsea legend. Yeah, at no point would you think Steve Sidwell would make it into the Arsenal side. And there was probably people going, oh, we should get this little ginger cunt in our midfield. He's great. And no, went off, had a really good Premier League career. And Danny, you mentioned a few in Championship as a Brighton as well. Um, that's not why I mentioned him. But I think generally, we've got, they're a very good, oh, Matthew Upson was also at Brighton. Um, <laughs> uh, they're, they're still there in terms of that group of players, if you look through them, that some youth academy products are still going to have solid Premier League careers, but then also going to want game time. Um, Patino might be in that position. I think what would be interesting is the move that he then makes. If he doesn't Amari Hutchinson, that's a very different I want game time. Oh, hey, Stampy. Long time no see. Um, He's gone off now. He scared him off. Oh, he's come back. Sorry, Stampy. Is it because he heard me say Ginger Cunt and he mm-hmm. uh, he turned up? Was that mm-hmm. it? Maybe. And he's gone. Sad enough. Now about ESR, I have a conspiracy theory. Me and Alex Jones, the uh, the Welsh one, not the mad one, we're talking <laughs> about this and we reckon it is because we want. that's the only way to get that number 10 shirt on Erdogan's back is to get rid of ESR. And uh, what do you think to that? I or think leaving? you... Um, this is the reason why I can't find tinfoil in Audi. It's because you've all got it over your heads. Mm. Um, no, I, I think this is exactly the same thing that we saw with Martinelli last season. We don't necessarily need need him uh, through this period. And actually, he's going to come back stronger next season. I'm about to burp. Someone say something. Oh, no, Danny, don't do it. Too late. I oh, burp like dear. a girl. Unless well, that girl is Sean, burps like a man. Anyone worried about ESR? Because I am. We can't alone. Josh said that you uh, just think it's Martin Ellen. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. But when I was talking to uh, um, Soph last night, name dropping again, uh, she was <sighs> saying that during the press conferences, whenever he's asked about ESR, he seems to be quite downbeat about it all. And and I said, well, when you're three one down in a Man City and you're being on for the last five minutes, that's kind of uh, showing how he rates him. I guess that's potentially down to what he's seeing in training isn't enough for him to deserve a starting place. And it's, I suppose maybe he has to have the Jose Mourinho, Deli Alley conversation with the SR. Oh, what a career. I know. <laughs> I think that's what it is then. Do you think it's an energy problem? It could just be a case that he's had so many injuries that he's scared to push the extra mark. Yeah, go that extra yard. He's just playing within himself at the moment, and there's only so much a manager can say. You know, pull the finger out your ass. Somebody's still actually got to do it. Um, oh, Carl's got a question for us as well. Um, Ellis won't answer this. Uh, Danny, will you answer Carl's question? Uh, would you use ESR to get rice? <clears throat> Um, that is a tough one. I think that it has to, uh, there's this chess pieces, chess moves spin are afoot, whether it's going to be part, I'd let party go. I'd keep Xhaka. And in that case, the amount of money you're saving on wages from party, because he's, I think he's one of the highest earners at the club. 
And uh, I th think maybe Rice is the man to do that job. I've never been massively impressed by Rice. But there again, I've only ever seen him play against Arsenal. And the, when he played him last time in the 2-2, I thought he was good. He had, a, he had a decent game. But he is English, so that means you double his price. He's an international. You, you add another 50%. And all these things mean we might be priced out of it. Our big thing is going to be where if where Jude Bellingham goes. Because if Jude Bellingham goes to Man City, it looks like he's going to go to Real Madrid. But if he goes to Man City, then Rice's options are where he's going to go is going to be Man United and, and Arsenal. Because he's not going to go to Chelsea because they're broken. Spurs can't afford him. And uh, and Liverpool, I think Liverpool want Bellingham as well. So there's going to be all these, um, it's like buying a house. You've got to wait and see what the other part of the chain is going to do. But no, I wouldn't get rid of ESR for any amount of money. Well, 200 million you can have him, but I don't, I want to keep him because he's a Halen boy. He's mates with all the boys there and you've seen they've all got, grown up together. They've all matured as players together and I want to keep him. And I don't think ESR to go to West Ham, a team that, uh, although they're playing in Europe, which is why they're struggling in the Premier League, he is good enough to play for outside of Man City, any Premier League team. So no. You? I I don't think I'd I don't think I'd switch ESR um to get rice. I also don't think there's gonna be a huge market for rice either. Um yeah, Bellingham to Real Madrid's I think was done last summer, um rather than this one. But I think yeah, the numbers that West Ham are putting out for rice isn't the same as um what realistically he'll get sold for, I think, because you've got players like Caicedo, McAllister, there's other central midfielders that are going to come to the market for a similar kind of fee with arguably um, a similar quality, or at least you can tie them down to cheaper wages and a longer contracts. I think those will be uh, the things that's available. I th think it will probably be about 70 million gets you rice and i don't think we need to don't think we need to move esr on to fund that if you go through everybody we've got out on loan and ignore patino and balligan there's still a lot of money there available for us to clear some players out um, True. did you want to talk about that uh ellis or because it came from carl you want to ignore it i won't ignore it i i would <laughs> be fair if we're not gonna we're not gonna play ESR and it doesn't fit into Mikel Arteta's plans but yeah lost that there <clears throat> but I would I, Rice is clearly someone that Mikel Arteta rates and wants and likes I think that's obvious there's a lot of stuff in the media to, to suggest that Jacker is making moves or not Jacker himself um, there's news of Jacker potentially going to Leverkusen Partey is injury prone. Even if they both were to stay, they are the, the, the elderly statesmen of this Arsenal squad um, and need a replacement, whether that be McAllister, Rice, Casado, someone else that we haven't been linked to that we might get. I've just got a horrible feeling that, that Rice will end up at City or, or somewhere else. Just That seems to be the case with many of our high-profile sort of targets. Um, a lot of times we're linked with most recently would be Madrid before that. In the Dranu window before that, there was, um, what's his face? He went to Juve. 
Flavich. Flavich. Um, <laughs> who else were we linked to? I, I feel like we do miss a lot of our, our plan A targets, but fortunately, or so far, fortunately, the plan B's haven't been too bad. Um, so it'd be interesting to see who our plan B is if we do mess out on Rice. I'd love him. I think if it comes to to using a player to to bargain as a bargain tool to get him in, if it's a player we're not playing, then we'd do it personally. I don't. I, I agree with really. I don't think Rice is a hundred million pound player. It's clearly inflated because he's English, um, and I think a lot of it will depend on what the actual number is when when Jude goes to whoever he goes to, and they'll use that as a bargain tool. The same happened with. Mudrick didn't it? When when Anthony went for eighty million, that was what the, the bar was raised to for for wingers and for an English centre mid. If Jude and and, and, <clears throat> and Rice, that's why I call him Jude Bellingham and Rice, um, are that England sort of double pivot, aren't they? Um, so if one of them goes for a hundred plus, the um, the club that's looking to sell or isn't looking to sell, is looking to make a profit, is going to ask for the same amount, really, or, or near enough to. Um, but yeah, to answer Carl's question, yeah, I would. How about this from Carl? He's taking over, Josh. <laughs> I know. He said he didn't here. want to be here. And Couldn't just be like all, all good operatives of uh, the London Underground that he does, he's not driving the actual good. thing, but he's uh, managing it from behind the scenes. He's a backseat tube driver. That's what Carl's job title is. He's fielding calls from that nutcase Khan from the Star Trek films all day long. Poor boy. <laughs> Can't get paid enough to deal with that dickhead on a daily basis. Khan, not Carl. I love Carl. He's wonderful. He's the only one who's bothered to come and meet me. Him and, him and Femi. And Jeff. And Jeff. I'm quite far away from you, too, sir. You're going to be in Cambridge. You were meant to be there tomorrow. <laughs> and you didn't say, I'll, I'll nip by on the way. Cause you know the only reason I'm not going tomorrow is because the train strikes. <sighs> Carl. <laughs> I'd just think I'd, I'd get you to wait outside and I'd... I'd, I'd I'd uh, just sit there, Dorminy, looking at your uh, Mrs. Ellis because she's lovely, and I'd go, "He's, he's horribly. I don't know why you're with him." Look at this. <laughs> I've got a convertible. He ain't got that. As long as she doesn't ask to start it, because it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> it's all right. You can just sit in it, and uh... I can't even get in the fucking thing. Too oh, fat. Dear. Oh dear. <laughs> the roof comes convertible. Up. There you go. In. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's the eighteen when I need them? Wow. Um, so Carl's question is, what does a good summer transfer window for Arsenal look like? Ins and outs. Uh, Ellis, what do you reckon it looks good at? What Are we talking about like specific players? I reckon we positions? go positions at the moment. Um, for me, a, a good transfer, a transfer window would be... Um, centre mid backup one or two if I'm being greedy too because obviously Party and Shaka I suppose it depends on out so if Shaka's going out then it needs to be two if Shaka and Party stay then it doesn't need to be two it'd be nice to get two um, I think we probably need um, centre back cover or more specifically right centre back cover um and if Tierney goes, then you're looking at left-back cover or someone that can can do both. Um, yeah, for me, that would be good. Sorting out, in terms of outs, all the deadwood, essentially. Not position-wise, but in terms of Pepe, um, Cedric, Pablo Marie. God, there's probably a lot more that I can't think of. But basically all the guys that are either out on loan that aren't smashing it. 
um, or just aren't getting games, I wouldn't be completely against keeping holding as like a like you say, Josh, a fifth choice centre back. But we definitely need better cover there than him when we're competing on all fronts when it comes to Champions League and, and the league. Uh, we need numbers and quality because we're going to be playing a hell of a lot more games. Or we're not going to be playing any more games actually because we're in Europe, so we'll be playing the same amount of games. We'll just be playing a higher quality of games. So we need a better score. It's not going to be a case of well, we've not really been good and we've rotated the squad as much as we did for Europa, but it's going to be a case of we're going to have to get boys in that can play um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I think that's what we're competing with, aren't we? Um, uh, Guardiola's played the fewest number of players in the Premier League this season, in 22. But when you look at those 22 players, only two of them are youth academy Um new players in Palmer and Lewis and then you're looking at basically the Man City squad of a world class player in every position Mm. and that's potentially where we need to be at is that you've got that kind of level of depth Um, but whether or not that's something Danny that we can achieve on our budget we can quite compete with what City can do but we definitely need to get better than what we're at at the moment Like, like we haven't played we were out of most of the main competitions um, this season fairly early on and we still managed to pick up injuries to Saliba and, and Sinchenko. I know it's more towards the end of the season for Sinchenko, but Saliba's definitely missed that, that crunch time. So I, we need something, but I don't think we can be as close to the likes of, of City where, like you say, they have a, a world-class player, A and B, for each position. I don't think we'll ever be able to get to that. I don't think that's sustainable with the budget that we have or will have. 39 players that so we've sent out on loan at various, some of them more than once, but there's been 39 loans out, 14 players left the club. So we know this summer they're, they're not going to be shy. Um, uh, Edu and Vinay and, uh, and uh, oh, what's his name? Richard Trevor. Garlic. That's it. Um, always puts me off because I hate garlic. And then they're, they're not going to be shy about getting rid of players. They've really... Um, said that a few of them are going to be leaving. They've, they've renewed contracts to the likes of um, of Elneny. I like Ellis. I'd like to see Holding stay, but I think we've got to back um, be back up. We've got to find out whether. I mean, Tierney was injured. He injured a shoulder that he'd already injured at Celtic. Then he injured the other shoulder. Then he injured his his ankle. I think it was. There were different injuries. Tommy Ashu's one seems to be as soon as he comes back, he gets a, a thigh strain or a calf strain or ACL or whatever it is that he's done, and he seems to do it the same thing every time. But he hasn't hasn't been uh, when he was playing in uh, was it Bologna we got him from yes when, yeah when he was playing for them he was playing every game week in week out and covering loads of positions so it's very strange that that he's been so injured regularly I mean you look at it and you go the number Less of games intense leave though isn't it yeah very very are but the number of games he's played where he's come on as a substitute we've got to get rid of the problems party is a problem Eddie is a problem and Possibly um, having a right back is a problem. I mean, a, a backup right back because I think mm-hmm. Ben White is now secured as a right back, and I think that's going to be it. And and maybe even a cover at left back if Tierney's going to go. But the most important ones is we get rid of Eddie because Eddie can't do it. He saved us a couple of times. He's come in and, and done a little bit of magic, but Eddie is not the man. I mean, hopefully I'm proved wrong, but he is not the man to come in and score all those goals. And we've seen Jesus is all over the place in a good way. 
we don't have. I mean, you, I was looking at the heat map when we played Man City. You look at the heat map of where Haaland was and the heat map of where Jesus was. It's like one of them it thinks he's a number 10 and the other one is a is a Gary Lineker goal hanger. And that's what we need. And that's how we're going to improve next season. Although we scored loads of goals, we need to have someone who's going to score regularly because you're not going to get Jesus scoring you 25 Premier League goals a season. And that's the kind of thing that maybe we need. But then would that hinder other players scoring goals? I don't know. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I think um, I agree generally that we need to find another or continue to add goals into the side. I think where I'm actually looking for it is in that Xhaka position. Um, he's had a great return. I think it was six goals this season from that uh, Premier League goals this season from that position, which is his highest ever tally. But I think when you look at how we're sharing them around, that number should be greater, which is why I question Declan Rice if we're looking to bring Rice in, if he's going into that Partey position instead. Um, might be a better option. So I still think we want to bring an attacking player into that uh, into that mix and into that fold. I think um, Eddie and Ketia stays and I can't see us moving him on. I think Arteta's certainly got some favourites. Uh, we were hearing only earlier in the week that Vieira's not going anywhere. He's absolutely adored by Arteta. Not even on loan? No. That's well, we'll see. We'll see how mm. in the know that person is. It's not Chris. Um but we do know that Vieira is well liked. Maybe I think he just needs to go to the gym, basically he needs to bulk up. Um so oh, we said this a, about Saka and ESR, didn't we? Skinny legs. Yeah. So they've got legs like you, little skinny legs. Yeah, and Actually, then you, you ain't see... got skinny legs, you've got biker's legs. What am I talking mm. about? I know, right. Don't get the calves out. We don't need what's a gun show for legs? Oh, Cannon no. show? Maybe. Don't, that'll be a next fucking Arsenal podcast. I've already got bloody <laughs> t- uh, 116 of the... Fu- no, 216 of the fuckers on my list. Stop it, I people. Keep, I kept thinking the Bruce Banana pod was back and then realised it was another one. You know who that is? It's, uh, yes, I do know who it is because they Ooh. followed me. Um, it's Luke and... Uh, do you want to say James? But it might not be James. Drew... Drew, there you go, and, and two others. True. Very good. Yeah, Luke is one of them, and I can't remember the other one. But it's from the same, not same old Arsenal, Avenel Road. Yeah, that was uh, Michael that from uh, You Are My Arsenal had that, but he's yes. busy, and so they've moved on. Yes. Um, but as talking about moving on, uh, Pablo Marie has already gone, hasn't he? Because yeah, Monza, Monza stayed up. Yeah. Um, so he'll be enjoying himself with the endless stream of prostitutes that was promised to him from uh, from the club's owner. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think there's, I can't see many other um, like out of the ordinary players moving on. I think we keep the core and add to it rather than move out any, any other players massively. Um, Danny, I think we've got some other questions as well. We certainly do. We've got we've got three others. I'm just going to go and have a look at what they are. Um, right. Oh, no, we've got two. Uh, Phil Macker, this might be good or bad. You can never tell with Phil. Um, has Ellis, has Saka been a, 
How's Saka being a star for the first team so young made the Halen boys too keen for first team football and a big money move, hence some wanting to leave? That's a bloody good question, Phil. Never send us another question. End on a high. Um, I don't know. I mean, you could look at that two ways. You could look at he stayed, he got his opportunity, he's impressed and he's worked his way into that team. I guess it's different for ESR because he broke in similarly to Zaka, got his chance, by all accounts, flourished until his injury, and now he can't get in, into the team under a different manager after that long-term layoff. So, so I think it, it might be slightly different for ESR. But as for, for Belgian and, and, and Patino, like they haven't I think they maybe played a couple of handful of games in... In um, the cup competitions, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure if they've played any Premier League minutes. They may have done. Who? Patino and Balogun. Patino played against uh, Nottingham Forest when we got beaten in the cup earlier in the season. No, no, I mean like mid-league minutes. I don't think either. Oh, no, Uh, he scored in the Europa League, didn't he? Patino with his first touch. No, well have done. And anyway, Premier League. Balogun has started Brentford last season. Beginning of the season. Remember, we had no strikers. Or beginning of this oh, yeah. season. Sorry. Oh, first game. No, first, first game, game of last season. Yeah, but they beat us, season. didn't they? Yes. Yeah. And we Balogun had because uh, it should have been called off because our our players were out with COVID, and if it wouldn't yeah. have been on TV, it'd have been called off. I remember. Yeah, and it was fucking awful. <laughs> we're all awful. <laughs> Sometimes, but yeah, I. I agree though Ellis with your general point though that yeah I, f- I feel like if anything that highlights that if you're patient you get your chance you show your chance I don't I mean I guess the the argument to that is they're not getting their chance so that's why they're they're eager to leave I think um, our squad is a hell of a lot stronger though than the squad that Saka mm. and ESR broke into oh yeah 100% 100% I mean <laughs> you look at what Saka was competing up against, what, Pepe hmm. and... Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson. Aubameyang, um, to a certain extent. Was Mkhitaryan there when Saka broke in? No. no he, he yeah, off. he was out on loan at Roma at that point. Okay. Who was else on the right, though, was Saka? I think that was the problem. It was only Pepe, and Pepe was shit. Yeah. Well, so we that, say shit. That he's got his, stats, his stats weren't actually that bad. For games and assists and goals, but it wasn't seventy-five million good though. But as a player, I thought I thought he, he had some really good moments. But you could just see it was like Eddie; he just didn't look confident, didn't look happy. I'll go against everyone who knows me as a, a fan of a certain player, but he was just like a Wobi. It just had, wasn't at the level that was required. Mm. At I don't think he's a Oh, Willian! Oh yeah, boy, ten got it. There we go. That just says it. That's who forgot. Yeah. Whereas if you put Patino now in centre mid, he's competing against Barte, Chaka, um, to a certain extent, Vieira. He could probably, I'd, I'd say, probably an easier shot of impressing more than Vieira has been or has done with his opportunities. Obviously, now Jorginho. Um, and then Balogun's obviously got Jesus and, and, um, Ketia in front of him. I think of the two, 
um, they've probably both got a much harder route to first team football than Saka did when he broke through. In terms of ESR, did he break through the left? Am I making that up? I think he played everywhere, he didn't he? Mid hmm. Or Cam. Did he come through? This is before. He came through the at centre attack in mid before we got Odegaard. Or am I making that up? ESR was playing, he was at Huddersfield. And Red, Red Bull, Bull Salzburg. Then Red Bull. And that was no, all Red under Bull, Germany. Uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Mm. He was there for half a season and was injured yeah. for the entirety. And we left him out there because I think we just forgot to call him back. <laughs> I think that was it. He was there at the same time. <laughs> that's that Nelson... to leave. He still holds yeah. some, uh, some angst being left in Germany. <laughs> same time that we left Reese Nelson out there because he'd fallen out of, with uh, Julian Nagelsmann at Hoffenheim. Same season. I'm looking at his breakthrough season, which was 1920. And he played in... a long time Euro- ago. I know, he played in the Europa League, right midfield against Frankfurt, left midfield against Vittoria Guamarez, uh, attacking midfield against Standard Liège, and then in the Premier League, attacking midfield against Man City, attacking midfield against Everton, and then he was sent to Huddersfield. Oh, and he played in the EF- EFL Trophy for the, for, for the Utes. And he played the 5-0 against Forest. He played right midfield there, so everywhere. He's very one. good. He's very good at Huddersfield. I remember... Cowley brothers were there and said he was so good they didn't play him because he was too good and all their other players were so shit they couldn't keep up with him really yeah oh you've been sarcastic so I'm not looking at you I can't say no no that's um I may have paraphrased and added a few fruit of choice language (laughs) into it it wasn't it wasn't an exact uh, he's making it up it wasn't an exact quote but Danny Cowley did say that he was um he was too good for Huddersfield and that's why he didn't play them because their players couldn't keep up with him. And then the next season, he made his debut for England uh, and scored a goal in the ten-one smashing with San Marino. Played in the five-nil against Albania, and then Europa League, he was playing all left midfield and attacking midfield. And then in the Premier League, when he did come in, attacking midfield nearly all of the game with four at left midfield. So there you go. That was the second season. Linking Done up now. with them. Yeah, linking up with the mighty Lacazette. It is uh, indeed, right. Another question, this one for you, Joshy boy. Uh, get rid of Phil's. It's not even up, is it? Patrick Carlson from Sweden says, what will, hap- what, what will happen to Norton Cuffey? Which sounds like a you'd go to a, a tailor's and say, I'd like my sleeves done in the Norton Cuffey style, if you don't mind, sir. <laughs> I thought it was it was uh, talking about Heathrow's third runway or something like that. I think it uh, could well be. That's one of the villages that got knocked down. <laughs> I think it was, poor Norton <laughs> Cuffey. They're still protesting it to this day. Um, um, he's at Coventry, isn't he? Um, and yes. I think he will probably see another loan to a championship side. Or I think this might be the theme of the pod. Um, players that have come through our youth academy that will have a decent Premier League career, but not at the right time that we'd ever think about having them. So I could see Norton Cuffey at 25, 26, doing a decent job at a mid-table Aston Villa side. And he'll have six great games in a season. And there will be the whatever equivalent is to you or I on 
the Muskverse or whatever it's then called, the Elon Sphere. Uh, All praise the Elon. Praise the Elon. Sorry, uh, this this podcast is being broadcast from Earth. Just um, make sure for now. For now. But I think it's exactly the same that we'd see. Um, yeah, those six, those people will be going, oh, we should have kept Norton Coffey. Look how amazing he is. He's had six great games for this. He's world-class. And at that point, it's 20, he's 26. We've won the league three times in a, three years in a row because Man City now play in the seventh division of English football after being rightfully struck of all wealth. Um, and their biggest so- game of the season is against FC United of Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Or Newcastle. It's one of the two. Yeah, one of the two. It's a toss-up between them. <laughs> I was just looking to say, it's a weird season for old Norton because he's played uh, both it- in the Championship, 20 games for Rotherham, and then he went, oh, fuck me, he's good. Give him to Coventry, and now he's played 21 for them, and they're in the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing really well. Um, what's his face? Their striker, who I could never say his name. He's Swedish, Danny, so you might have a chance at his name. But it's Patrick all, might know. It's all Gs and Ys and Ks. Yeah, I think that is his nickname, Jeezy YZK. Jeezy Jeezy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to find it and pretend I knew. It is uh, Victor Groyo Karene. I failed. Don't, don't look at it. Don't look Victor at it. Um, don't, don't look at whose youth academy he came through. Of why G-Y-O with two dots above it. K-E-R-E-S. Gyro Karez. Fuck me. What if I'm... Patrick, let us know if I've got that anywhere near right. And if I haven't, then my apologies. We'll send you a, a, um, a care package in the post containing yep. fruit. Because <laughs> it is winter oh. up there now. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's always winter up there. Uh, Boy 10 in uh, rainy South Africa says, Ellis, considering the amount of game time Eddie and Katia has gotten over the years, not just this season, is Balogun not correct to insist that he be given the same time he was to develop? Yeah, so you're not going to get it, is he? Um, but Balogun wants to leave, whereas Eddie and Kerr just went out on numerous loans and took that time to develop, whereas Balogun's like, I want first-team football now. And if you don't get it, I'm going to go. That might not be exactly what he says, but something to that extent. <clears throat> and if it isn't what he said, prove it. We'll sue you. <laughs> but yeah... <laughs> I sort of understand that. Yes, he probably does want the same amount of time as Eddie's got, but from memory, I don't think there's many articles going around. I mean, Eddie didn't have as good a loan spell as what Balogun is having now on his loans to... I can't remember who Eddie was loaned out to now. Leeds, for a bit. Yeah. It's all right, but not as many goals as Balogun is scoring for, um, for the Farmers League. Um, For the France League, <laughs> he's got no idea. <laughs> Troy's, Nimes, Reims, some some bullshit name that means fucking a type of cheese. Ellis, it was the, it was the if you've listened to the Tifo podcast, it was the one, it's, he's Wrong. playing for the team. But yeah, they were taking the mick out of, uh, was it John McKenzie, trying to pronounce the name of the team properly? Stayed the Reims. Stayed the Reims. <laughs> Reims. You so they play in the stadium. The There's nothing new. <laughs> just, just, he's not going to get the time to develop. He either needs to sit there and be patient, or we just need to part ways. And hopefully, I think the only thing going back to the, the question, a few questions back about ins and outs. I think one thing you've got a, 
Arsenal haven't really done or Edu and the team involved in that haven't really done is made a decent profit on a player, not sold a player for a lot of money. It's all sort of been, you are, pay off your contract, bugger off, or, oh yeah, we'll take whatever, just take them off our hands. So it'd be interesting to see if they can get a, a decent fee for Balogun. Again, depends on who's coming in from. If it's not a Premier League club, you're probably not going to get what we want. If it is a Premier League club, then we all know they've got money and they can pay it. It helps that all of our players that we're now looking to sell have actually got some form of value to them. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> I know what a world we now live in. Well, look, Danny's got a black pussy. Yeah, I bet you I'm, I'm giving them my, um, my pigs in blankets because they tasted a bit off. After the first eight, I felt queasy. So I'm giving them Bergy. Got a cat called Bergkamp, if anybody didn't know. You've never mentioned it at all. Never. Yeah. I, I think that's all the questions we got. Um, oh. Well, yeah. chat box, you've let us down. But don't ask yeah. questions now. It's too late. No, too late. Get your chance. Right. We can wrap this up, can't we? Um, we might have mentioned Brighton. We might have not. Um, I am assuming, Danny, are you going to do a better preview on Saturday? Maybe not. Probably do it tomorrow, tomorrow, actually. Do it tomorrow. Not sure who with yet. Maybe I'll give uh, Stan a call. See if it's maybe Mr. Waffles. I know it's too early for Mr. Waffles because he's uh, 200 hours behind. You know, he's right in the middle of Portland. And don't tell me you don't because you do. I know who uh, who would be available. Carl, he's on strike tomorrow, so he's got the whole day available. Uh, he's got one hour on the picket line, and that's about it. Um, unless, of course, he's scabbing and he is working. Scab! Uh, uh, boy, Tendio, yes, we can. Done. Um, and what else? And say you've seen you're doing a post game show as well, Daniel, with Dick. yes, with Deke. Yes, if he's uh, he will be free, and it is uh, it's very good. Apart from the fact we go on for nearly two hours, but people seem to like it ish. Well, kind of, possibly. It's fun, that's the most important Maybe. bit. So long yes. as you're having fun, Danny, that's all that matters. That's it. I Are think. you moonlighting at the Highbury squad again anytime soon, or is she shown giving you your P45? Uh, if they have, I haven't even got that yet. Uh, I don't know. Super Kev doesn't turn up when I podcast, so it's whenever he's not available. But he, he doesn't like you. He's got the hump with Mister Waffles. Oh, uh, what can I say? I think he's. Um, I think he's scared of me. That's what it is. It's my. Um, it's my masculinity that really. It's those, uh, those calves. He's envious of your calves. calves. That's what it is. Those, those milky white buttery calves of yours. <laughs> well, <laughs> people think sack of. Go on. It's that and my facial hair. That's what it does. It yeah, just... if, people, if people think that Saka's got big holes in the back of his socks, Josh can't even wear socks. That's how we know what Saka's doing. Yeah. Good That's God, what it man. is. You're a monster. My, my socks look like a pair of Crocs. <laughs> they look like a pair of crotchless Crocs. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's an image. <laughs> right. Certainly on that note, I think we've just got to... I think we've got to call it an evening. So uh, I'll say thank you to Ellis after he finishes choking. Um, so it's been an absolute pleasure um, to be in live discourse with you. Piss off, Carl. Not you, Josh, Carl. That's all right. I know again. I'm Carl. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, I also, oh, God, Danny, put it away. Um, I'm very sorry for my nasally. Um, I've had man flu for a whole week. I'm lucky to be there. <laughs> I've got a, it's been a pleasure, as always. Can you take Carl away now? It makes me sad. Sorry, who who would you like from ABW as uh, up next to your head? Anyone in particular? We've got them all. 
John. There you go, the bearded wonder. Look at that. Um, there's any ladies watching we apologize to send us the cleaning bill <laughs> and i suppose i suppose i've also got to say uh thank you to danny i can see there's another member of abw in the in the chat box as well um is there yeah he we chris doesn't speak french that'd be ridiculous it's not part of that he i ordered, mean carl yeah he goes into a shop and asks for own coffee pour favor that's you bastard. We won the war. <laughs> you commie. That's that's how Chris orders a, a latte in French. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Danny, thank you, I guess. Thank you for hosting, I suppose. I I, I tried my absolute <laughs> hardest. I really oh, did. Good job you didn't say um, your best because we'd have right. argued about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I've had some excellent shows in my time. Um, it's not anymore now. Uh, this wasn't one of them. <laughs> This was not one of them. Uh, if you do want to send me out to pastures new, um, I would understand if I end up. At no a one wants you. Level podcast. That's the problem. So I made the, that clear last night. I am the Ain- Ainsley Maitland Nars of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't shout that at me. I'm definitely not in the right place in the country to be uh, able to get away with that. Anyway, no, Green Party where you are. That's who I voted for nope. last time. Not got rid no. of them. Got rid of the Greens. Right yeah, in Pavilion. Gone. Uh, sorry, council votes all gone. Oh, well, there's still three. They had uh, the Green Party lost more seats in the council elections in Brighton than the Tories did. Some green fucking bins. That's why it is. We've well had enough of them. Just throw we rubbish in the sea, people. Saves time. Right. Fuck the dolphins. Not literally. Well, there again, they got two yeah. holes. Yeah, God oh, gave them two holes for a reason, people. Because they're sluts. <laughs> Maybe three. I, I don't know the anatomy of a oh, dolphin. Yeah, probably three. Probably three. But who knows yeah. what a blowhole feels like. Anyway, John, if you do have the answer, let us know. And uh, Danny, end the podcast there. Thank you. Oh, subscribe and like us. Do those things. You horrible lot. <laughs> Out it goes to Lee Dixon. Long ball from Lee Dixon. Smith will hold it up. Plays it square to Thomas. And Thomas has goes inside Nickel. And Thomas is there. And Thomas has scored for Arsenal. In injury time, Michael Thomas has scored for Arsenal. A ball played through the gap. Thomas was there. He held off two challenges. Kept his head. By my watch, we are a minute and a half into injury time.